0: Good morning once again, and welcome to those listening on the radio and watching on Facebook. I was inspired this morning to share with you, are we not a blessed people? God has blessed us with the ability to come to church, to listen on the radio, watch on Facebook, among many. Are we not most blessed, are not most of us blessed to have the physical abilities to have a job to do the task to take care of ourselves or those that we care for and love, cognitive abilities to find solutions to problems, a soul to love God and love others. Are we not blessed to be able to praise the Lord this morning with songs from our lips, those in this building with us, those on the radio or on Facebook, and millions of other Christians on this Sunday morning? Are we not blessed to also individually pray to the Lord this morning, but with others throughout the world for him to help us overcome our weaknesses. Are we not blessed to be able to study the scripture and listen to the message given by a pastor and consider individually what that means for each of us? Are we not blessed to be a part of a baptism this morning of a little one? When you consider your blessings, do you think of them like water in a cup? Is your cup one fourth full? Three fourths full. Maybe your cup is full. When your cup is full, do you put your hand over the cup? It's full. It's overflowing. Or do you let God keep pouring into that cup? Letting that cup overflow. Running out of the cup onto the table. Splashing on those sitting at the table with you. Do you let God's blessings to you make a mess? And splash those extra blessings onto your family and those around you, or do you hold back? Please rise and join me for a call to worship this morning. It is taken from Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise Praise the Lord, Lord, my soul. soul. And forget not all his blessings. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. Now let us sing the worship song, Goodness of God.
1: so far have you removed our transgressions from us oh Lord we give you glory we give you glory and honor blessing it's all yours to have Lord it's all yours to have Lord some of us come with rejoicing on our lips some of us come Lord God with hurts and wounds Lord God and sometimes we're just weary Father we ask as we lay these at your feet lord god that you take them take them from us that our focus may be continually on you that you will receive all glory and honor that all men will see lord god that you are worthy of all praise for those lord god on our prayer request we ask that you be their jehovah Rapha, their healer lord god whether physically or emotionally Father, we celebrate with baptism and adoption, Lord God, because that's what you've done for us. You have adopted us as your sons and daughters. Lord God, you celebrate. You have baptized us, Lord God, into your family. We are one in you, one in you and your brothers and sisters. We thank you. We thank you. We cannot thank you enough. May your praise be ever on our lips, Lord continue, Lord God, continue in the service to minister. Lord God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear you. May we not miss those opportunities. We thank you, Lord God, for your word that's going to go forth and being preached, Lord. Thank you for your word, the word that has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy You may be seated, and as
2: you're seated, the children come forward to the children's chat. Child. Morning. Is that voice behind you. Hey, how are you all today? What's up, little man? Come on up, bud. You have a sit with me? Mm. Maybe not. All right. Well, good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? Did y'all get warmed up from coming in? That's good. We don't have a lot of props or cool stuff to hand around today, but we do have, if you can look over here, there is one piece of tape. It's on the steps. Don't look back there. It's on the steps. We got a big white line on the steps. So today what we're going to do is I need everybody to stand up. You just got up here. You just sat down. Now stand up. So today we are going to do... Um, a little bit of maybe, would you rather, or what do you like maybe most or more? So we're going to do this. We're going to start easy. All right. And this is for the little ones too. You ready? If you are out to eat or mom or dad's cooking something, if you want a hot dog, if you want a hot dog, get on this side of the line. And if you're going to get a hamburger, you've got to wait for the other choice, Addison. If you're going to get a, hot, a hamburger, be on this side of the line. So hot dogs toward the piano, and uh, the hamburger's over here at the organ. So anyone want to move? You can move, 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 move. You're where you like to be? All right, parents, we're taking orders for lunch, so we're getting ready to go. Okay, let's see. Let's see now. Hmm, How about it's been a week The the illness and the sadness has begun to heal? If you like the Ohio State Buckeyes, we'll go over on this side of the line close to the piano.
3: <laughs>
2: and if there's another team that's also out of the playoffs, then maybe turn to Michigan. You can stand on this side of the line by the Oregon. We got any Michigander fans? Oh, well, my son's walking home, I guess. So, it's <laughs> all right, we got Buckeyes. There you go. There you go. That's great. That's perfect. And uh, you want to do one more? You want to do one more? Okay. If you think and you want to be on the team with God and Jesus and all the saints, be on this side of the line, i got to make you move. And if you want to do the bad yucky yucky stuff and be with the devil and the enemy for all eternity, then you go stand by the piano on the, on the other side of the line. So God and Jesus over on this side, please, Grigsby, we got to save you. We need it's okay it's okay we're gonna make it you're good you're good he is fat, fantastic the whole time he is no preferences so i think i think at some point we all had to get drug over the line so you guys want to listen to the rest standing up or do you want to sit down you guys can sit down if you want. If you want to stay standing, that's great. So, And the line doesn't matter anymore, okay? We, that's fine. So the whole point is today's, today's, scripture, today's scripture comes from Genesis. Now, how many folks know where Genesis is in the book, Bible? Is it real early or kind of late? Early, like, like how early? The first book. That's right. And we all know a lot of the Genesis story. We study how stuff was created and all these wonderful things. Today is from chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, and it talks about right after. Right after Adam and Eve messed up. What did Adam and Eve do to mess up? Yeah, they ate that apple off the tree. You know, the serpent's there. He's like, hey, try this apple out. And he's like, hey, did God really say don't eat that? You you'd be okay. You could be like God. So this is right after that. And something really important happens in the scripture today. And I want you all to listen, okay? And basically what the scripture says is there are going to be two teams For all of eternity, there is going to be a line drawn across the world for the rest of time until Jesus comes for the second time and basically goes like this. We are going to be in a struggle and a battle and a fight, just like two football teams, maybe not like hamburgers and hot dogs. But the point is, we get to make a choice. We get to decide which side of the line, which team we want to be on. So listen to the scripture today, because it's going to talk about how basically from the beginning, God says, the serpent, the devil, you are going to be fighting, fighting with people, fighting with people for the rest of time until I send someone to save the world. So pay attention and listen to that in the scripture today and think about maybe what team you want to be on. And so sometimes it's real easy to do stuff. that's not so good, right? They anyone ever tell lies or a little bit of fibs or excuse me, punch people, or maybe be not nice. I do sometimes, okay? I don't punch people too much anymore, but anyway. So, But he had it coming. Anyway, so that's what we're going to do today, okay? So listen to the scripture today and think about the two teams maybe that they're talking about. The serpent and the devil and then the good stuff with God and Jesus and everyone up in heaven. All right, let's fold our hands and say a quick prayer. Dearly Father, thank you to direct and hear your word and um, speak into their lives. Please, Lord, grant them health and happiness and uh, just continue to... Uh, nourish and, and grow your will and your goodness within them today and every day. In your son's name we pray. Amen.
4: All right. Amen. Thanks, Clinton. Thanks, everybody. You guys can head back to your seats now. And as they are going back to their seats, I want to invite forward Justin and Victoria Bruns and their daughter Lillian as we have the privilege to witness the sacrament of baptism this morning. Here, why don't you guys, we're a little crammed here. Why don't you guys stand on this side of me? Jane, I'm perfect. Yep, you can stand on that side. That's great. You know, when well, you always like to think of baptism as a family affair, it's good to see you guys up here with your kids and everything. It's great. Um, I want to invite you to hear these words from Jesus, which is an invitation and promise to offer to us all. Before ascending into heaven, he said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And so it's in obedience to this command the church baptizes believers and their children. On the day of Pentecost, Peter preached the sermon. And after talking about the hope and salvation that is found in Jesus Christ, the crowd asked what they should do in response to it. And these are Peter's words to them. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And, you'll be, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children, for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So Justin and Victoria, having heard God's gracious promises to us in Christ, do you desire that Lillian be baptized today? We do. Praise God. Now, as we've talked about before, uh, and you guys have been down this road already a couple times, you know, Lillian is obviously too young to make a profession of faith herself. And so as her parents, I invite you to respond to these questions as a statement of your faith and the faith that you are promising and vowing to pass on to her this day. Do you truly and earnestly repent of your sins and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord? do. do. Do you believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, and in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the Giver of Life. We do. Do you pr- intend to be Christ's faithful disciples, trusting His promises, obeying His word, honoring His church, and showing His love as long as you live? We
3: do. With with
4: and will you devote yourself to the church's teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers?
3: We will. We will. We will with with God's God's
4: help. Praise God. And church family, I invite you to join in with them and in a profession of faith together. The Apostles' Creed is printed in your bulletin. I invite you to recite it with me now. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray together. We thank you, O God, for the gift of life. We thank you for this family and for this child being baptized today. You, Lord, are the author of life and the giver of every good and perfect gift. Through the death and resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ, you've made it possible for us to be accepted into your family. I pray that you would bless and sustain this child. Draw her to yourself just as Jesus welcomed the children during his ministry. May she grow to love you with all of her heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we also pray for her parents, that you would equip them to fulfill the promise they make today. Bless and sustain them as they teach their children to know and love you. All this we pray in the name of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So now is the opportunity for you guys as parents, and as a baptismal sponsor to join in with them um, in this commitment that you're making now. We've heard your profession of faith and your hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, and your desire to, now is an opportunity for you to express your desire to pass that on, not just to Lillian, but to continue to reaffirm the commitment you made for your other children as well. And so I invite you to hear these questions and respond. Do you promise to instruct Lillian by word and example with the help of the Christian community in the truth of God's word and in the way of salvation through Jesus Christ? Do you promise to pray for her and teach her to pray? And do you promise to nurture her within the body of believers as citizens of Christ's kingdom? We do. God's helping us. Praise God. Let's, and, and church family, you have a role to play here as well. You know, they have, they have family up here. Uh, standing beside them, but you as their church family have an opportunity to come alongside them as well in encouragement and support in the commitment they're making together. You know, we, we believe that parents are the primary disciple makers uh, for children. You know, then that's what this is about. They're making a commitment to raise their children to know and love and serve the Lord. Lillian in particular today, but of course, their other children as well. Hey, buddy. But we as a church family have a role to play in that, too, to support them and to encourage them through informal means like words of encouragement and support and friendship, but also through formal things like the Sunday school program and youth ministry. As they grow in their, as they grow physically, we can come alongside them and help them to grow spiritually as well and to be a, be a help and support for Victoria and Justin, too. And so, church family, brothers and sisters, as we receive Lillian into Christ's church, I charge you to nurture and love her and to assist her to be Christ's faithful disciple. With joy and thanksgiving, we now welcome you into Christ's church, for we are all one in Christ. We promise to love, encourage, and support you, and to help you know and follow Christ. Wonderful. Think she'll come to me? We'll find out, right? Hi, Lillian. Hi, sweetie. Hi, sweetie. You're just all smiles this morning, aren't you? Lillian, it's my honor and joy to baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Let's pray together. Gracious God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the free gift of salvation that is made available through his death and resurrection. And we thank you for the symbol of baptism, which reminds us that you wash away our sins and give us new life as we put our trust in you. We pray for Lillian. Bless and strengthen her daily with the gift of your Holy Spirit. Unfold to her the riches of your love. Deepen her faith. Keep her from the power of evil and enable her to live a holy and blameless life until your kingdom comes. May she grow to know, love, and serve you with all of her heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we also ask that you look with kindness upon Justin and Victoria. Let them always rejoice in the gift that you've given them. Grant them the presence of your Holy Spirit that they may bring up Lillian to know you, love you, and serve you and her neighbor through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Those fingers taste good, don't they? (laughs) Well, congratulations. I'll pass her back to you. There you go. We do have a, a Bible, and of course, the white rose on the altar is for you guys to take home after the service as well. Um, just congratulations. And as you guys are headed back to your seat, I want to um, talk about the offering for a moment. So, congratulations, and, and we're so happy that we get to do this together today. Can I pass that off to you? Thank you. is a song called Borning Cry, and this is going to be for our offertory this morning, but we're going to invite you to join us as we sing it together. This is a song we've sung several times before, and in the words, I want to encourage you to really, really think about the words as we sing this song together. They're a reminder of God's faithfulness and His presence in our lives from the earliest moments until our final breath. And it's a song for us to, to dwell on and meditate on God's faithfulness towards us. In our, in throughout our lives. And so this is going to be our offering music this morning. Um, I do want to invite the deacons to come forward and collect the offering as we sing this song together. Um, and I also want to point out one correction. Some of your bulletins uh, have the wrong offering in there. Today's offering is to support agape. Uh, ministries, And so um, some of the bulletins may say general fund, but just know that the offering this morning does support Agape Ministries in St. Mary's. So I want to invite the deacons to come forward at this time and invite you to sing along with us as we sing Born and Cry together.
3: I was there to hear Genesis three, fourteen and 15. So, so the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed you are above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put an enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will
4: strike his heel. Amen. You may be seated. Little kids just hop right back up there, don't they? (laughs) Uh, Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to hear from your word. We thank you that we heard it read this morning, and we thank you now that we have time to reflect on it. I pray that Your Holy Spirit would work in us and through us to help us understand Your Word better, and not just to understand Your Word better, but to know You better as well. Uh, we pray also that You give me words to speak and open up our and and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to You, O Lord, my Rock and my Redeemer. We pray these things in Christ's name, Amen. So as you know, we've been reading through the Bible. Uh, we are seven days in. Hopefully some of you are still keeping up with that Bible reading plan. And I know it's a, a challenge at times to to find time to read the Bible every day. But that's why we're doing this, because we think it's something important and something we really want to encourage you to, to, to stick with. Um, so we're on day seven out of three sixty-five. So hopefully, hopefully that's not too daunting of a task for you. And as I mentioned last week, if you get a little bit behind and even if you are already a little bit behind, that is all right. We just encourage you to keep at it, keep it up, skip ahead to the current day if you need to, but we just want to encourage you to, uh, to stick with that and to read God's word together. So if, you're, if you have been following along with the plan, you know, obviously we started in Genesis and Matthew. And so the scripture that you just heard read was part of one of the first days of the reading plan in, as we read Genesis 1, 2, and 3. And I thought that was a great way to introduce this plan and introduce obviously the storyline of scripture because in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, you get a picture of what God intended the world to be and what happened as a result of sin entering the world through Adam and Eve's actions. And so in those first chapters, you see that God was working in and through his creation. He had a purpose for creation from the beginning. There was a problem that entered into creation from the beginning. And we see in the the verses of Genesis 3 that God had a plan from the beginning to deal with that problem. And so that's what I want to take the next several moments to reflect on with you this morning. So if you have your Bibles open, I, 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 if you have your Bibles with you today, I encourage you to open up to Genesis 3. Um, and I do want to encourage you to, to bring your Bibles with you to church. I know we have a few Bibles, and, and those are great resources. Um, And I encourage you to follow along in there. But if you have your own Bible and you're able to bring it, it's just a great resource to have in front of you. And we want to encourage you, especially as we go through the Bible this year, to to have your Bible open, to be able to follow along and and see it with your your own eyes. Some of you are visual learners, and it's nice to be able to see your Bible, see the words on the page, and follow along. And so if you have a Bible with you today, I invite you to open in Genesis 3 and follow along. As I mentioned already, we see in the opening chapters of Genesis what God's plan beginning. In Genesis 1 and 2, God created everything that we see. He created the heavens and the earth, and He filled it, and, and He created Adam and Eve and placed them in the garden to care for it and tend it. And at the end, very end of chapter 1, it says that God looked at all that He had made and said that it was very good. When God created the heavens and the earth, everything was as it should be. And and when He created Adam and Eve, He created them to know Love and serve him and to represent him well in creation. In fact, God gave them some responsibility, right? He gave them uh, the responsibility to steward and care for creation. And you see that in Genesis 2 when God tells Adam to name all the animals, right? First of all, I have no idea how long that must have taken because there are a lot of animals for Adam to name. But that was an act of Adam exercising the authority that God had given him. All authority belongs to God, but in that creation, God gave Adam and Eve authority to exercise in, as representatives of him in creation. And so that was God's purpose from the beginning, that we would know him and love him and serve him, that creation would be very good, and that we as human beings would, be, would bear his image in the world and represent him well. But we know from Genesis 3 that that plan, that purpose, did not work out. There was a problem that entered the scene. And in Genesis 3, we see that description of the serpent tempting Eve to eat from the tree, and that Adam and Eve then eat from it together. And in and through that act of disobedience, we see sin enter the world. And through Genesis, from Genesis 3 through Genesis 11, we, we see sin not just entering the world, The hearts of Adam and Eve, but corrupting all aspects of creation. So much so that in Genesis 6-5, it says that the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart were only evil all the time. Now that is quite a statement about the nature of sin, right? And the nature of the human heart, apart from God's grace and redemptive work, that it is only evil all the time. And we see that Sin had spread over all creation. People had spread over all creation and sin with them at the end of Genesis 11. But in Genesis 3, it all began with that temptation in the garden when the serpent began whispering in Eve's ear. And notice there's three things that the serpent does. He gets the the serpent's temptation called into question. First, the content of God's command. At the beginning of chapter 3, he whispers in her ear, did God really say? In other words, Satan's temptation was to get Eve to doubt God's truthfulness. The second temptation built on that one. It was the, it, he, got, he called into question the consequences of God's command. He said, well, you certainly won't die, even though that's exactly what God said the punishment would be. The serpent called into question the reliability of God's word. And third, the serpent called into question the authority of God's command. After calling into question the truthfulness and the reliability, Satan just came right out and said, if you do this, you will be like God yourself. You'll be able to decide between right and wrong. See, that's the the heart of the temptation, isn't it? The desire for us to decide right and wrong for ourselves, that we get to be the judges and the arbiter of truth rather than giving that authority to God where it should be. And so Satan tempted Eve by, by calling into question the truthfulness, the reliability, and the authority of God's Word. And that sin then went to impact all aspects of, of creation. And we see that in the way that God pronounces the, the curses and the consequences of that first sin. First of all, we see there's, a, there's an impact on the relationship that we all have with God, that because of our sinfulness, there is a separation from him that we all experience. And that separation in, the garden, in, in Genesis 3 was represented by their exclusion from the garden. God kicks them out of the one place that they had known and the place that they had fellowship with him. Physical death, of course, is a consequence of that first sin. But so is spiritual death, separation from the ultimate source of life. So sin impacts our relationship with God and it impacts our relationship with each other. As God pronounced the, the curse or the consequence on Adam and Eve, notice that there's relational strife that's built into that consequence, right? That they will no longer see eye to eye, but they will strive in their relationship. There, there will be conflict and in, in, in strife in their relationship. But that's not that's not limited to just Adam and Eve or limited to just marriages. It includes all of human relationships. And we know that because just one chapter later in Genesis four, we see the murder of Cain, excuse me, the murder of Abel by Cain. Right? It doesn't take long for the for sin to escalate to such a, a tragic and awful degree. So our relationships with each other as human beings is impacted. And finally, the relationship with creation itself. God tells Adam that work will be difficult, that he'll, be, he'll have to produce food by the sweat of his brow. Creation just does not operate like it was meant to. Everything was provided for them, and now they will have to work for it with their own blood, sweat, and tears. And so that's the problem, isn't it? Through that temptation, sin entered the world and, and ruined everything. Our relationship with God, our relationship with each other, even our relationship with... With this creation that God had made. Everything was very good until it wasn't. Now, in a normal story, we might think, well, that's just the end of it, right? They made a mistake, they made their bed, and they got a lie in it. But that's not the end of this story. Because we see in the in the words of Genesis 3 that God also had a plan from the very beginning to deal with it. Adam and Eve's sin was not a surprise to God. He he knew that they would sin. In Genesis 2.17, this is something I noticed this week. I was reading up on this passage, and I never noticed this before. But in Genesis 2.17, this is the verse that God tells Adam not to eat from the tree, right? He says, you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Notice that God doesn't say, if you eat from it, you will certainly die. He says, when you eat from it. Even in that command, God knew that they were going to mess up. God knew that they were going to sin and fall short, yet he and so, so the sin of Adam and Eve did not take God by surprise. in fact, he already had a plan in place to deal with the reality of their sin. He begins to set that plan into motion now, and there 's three things here in Genesis three that I want you to see echoes of the gospel here in these words. We often think of genesis three as the as, as the fall, right sin and it's it 's a chapter of, of human rebellion against God, yet we also see echoes and whispers of God's grace in the midst of it. So the first thing we must notice is that God seeks out Adam and Eve in the garden. After they sin and Adam and Eve hide, God is the one who initiates that conversation. He seeks them out. They don't go crawling back to him. They're trying to hide. It's God who initiates that conversation. And the same is true in our life. It's, it's God who initiates our salvation. Jesus himself in Luke nineteen ten said he came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus is on a rescue mission to redeem his people. And he continues to seek you out today. Think about this. God already knows your sin, just like he already knew Adam and Eve's sin. He knows your deepest, darkest secret. And he already knows all of that. And yet he loves you anyway. He still seeks you out. The second echo of the gospel we see here is that the promise that the enemy will be defeated. And that comes right from the verses that Zach read from us, for us earlier, particularly Genesis 3.15. says that there will be enmity between you and your offspring. Between, uh, me, I'll put enmity between you You will strike his heel. That word see there, that offspring, it's a singular word. He's not talking about just ease the in general. There's a sp- specific person that God has in mind here. And we know, of course, that that person is Jesus. He is the one who will come to defeat the enemy. And the cross is God's decisive victory over the enemy. Yes, the enemy struck a blow against Jesus. It seemed like all hope was lost when Jesus died on the cross. Onlookers mocked him. They said, you you claim to save others, but you cannot even save yourself. They did not know. They could not have possibly understood. He did save others by refusing to save himself. Jesus used the consequence of sin, death, right? God said, you will certainly die. Jesus used the very consequence of sin in order to overcome sin itself. His moment of apparent defeat was actually the moment of complete and total victory. One day, all evil and injustice in this world will be dealt with, right? Like the martyrs described in the book of Revelation, we may cry out now, how long, Lord? How long until you return? But pain, because of this promise, because of the promise that Jesus will crush the enemy's head, we know that pain, suffering, and yes, even death are temporary. They all have an expiration date. And finally, the last echo of the gospel we see here in Genesis 3 is that God clothes Adam and Eve before telling them they had to leave the garden. See, Adam and Eve had attempted to to clothe themselves to hide their shame and their nakedness. But it was insufficient. They could not hide from the Lord. And we do the same thing all the time, don't we? We attempt to hide our shame and our sin. We justify it somehow to ourselves. We compare ourselves to others and say, I'm not as bad as that other person. And we attempt to cover our sin with good works and perfect church attendance. But none of that is sufficient to cover our sin. We are unable to do it ourselves. And so God made clothing for Adam and Eve, but he didn't use fig leaves he used animal skin to cover their shame. The animal skins must have come from the death of an animal. And those animal skins foreshadowed the animal sacrifices that would take place at the temple in the Old Testament. Those animals died as a substitute to make amends for sin. But we know that even animal sacrifices in the temple were a foreshadow of something greater and more important. They pointed to the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Hebrews 10 says, The blood of bulls and goats cannot take away sin, but we know that the blood of Christ can. When Jesus died, He didn't just cover up your sin. He removed it completely. Think again of the call to worship this morning. Psalm 103.12. It says, As far as the east is from the west, so far He has removed our transgressions from us. What a wonderful, wonderful promise. And we know that sin is not ignored. It is dealt with at the cross. When confronted with evil and injustice, the last thing you want is someone to ignore it. You want it to be dealt with accordingly. And God is perfectly just and perfectly merciful. And there's no better example of that than on the cross. See, that's what, that was God's plan from the beginning, to seek out lost sinners, to conquer the enemy, to provide atonement for our sin. God initiated his plan all the way back in the garden in Genesis 3, and he brought it to fulfillment by sending us on Jesus Christ. And he continues to seek us out today. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this word. And we thank you for your plan from the beginning was to rescue and save us. We pray that you would help us to understand that for ourselves. That we may trust you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. As a way of preparing for communion this morning, I want to invite the choir forward. They're going to be offering up some special music for us today as we set our hearts and our minds on the table. Now, communion is is an opportunity for us to remember the very thing that we just talked about, that God's plan from the beginning was to save us, to rescue us. And the way that He accomplished that is through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. His death for us saved us from our sins. It was the punishment that Jesus took that we deserved. And communion is also an opportunity to remember that it didn't end on the cross, but three days later, that grave was empty. Jesus rose from the grave. And in his resurrection, he proves that that, our penalty for sin has been paid. And so I invite you to reflect on that, prayerfully think about that as we listen to the choir this morning. Just a quick reminder for maybe some visitors or guests that are with us today as we take communion. And we're going to take a moment and pray and uh, bless the, the elements here. And then when I'm done, we'll invite you to come forward and receive the elements here at the table. And then you can take them back to your pew with you. Feel free to take them at, a, at your at whenever you feel led to do so. But if you're able to hold on to those, uh, once everybody's been served, we'll have a moment where we can take those together. But uh, feel free if you feel led to take the elements before that. That is... Perfectly appropriate as well. You can come down the side aisles and then uh, return. they'll be stationed on each side of the table. Uh, there's also going to be two elders that are going to come and serve in the pews. If you're unable to come forward for any reason, just, just try to flag them down and they'd be glad to serve you in the pews as well. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word and you invite us, Lord, that you seek us out, that, that you have prepared a place for us, not on our own merit, not because we deserved it, Lord, but out of the abundance of your love and your grace and your mercy. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you died on the cross for our sins and that you were raised to life to prove that the penalty for sin had been paid and that you grant eternal life to all who trust and believe in you. So we come to you now and acknowledge our need for you. We acknowledge our sin before you. We've said things and thought things, and done things, Lord, that are not in line with your word, and we've left things undone that we know we should have done. So hear us as we acknowledge our sin before you. And we are grateful, Lord, for the promises of your word, like 1 John 1, 9, that says, If we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For I have received from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed gave thanks and took bread and broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So all you who have received Jesus as your Savior and Lord, we invite you to take the sacrament to your comfort. This is the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, broken for you. Feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. And this is his blood, which was shed for you, that our sins would be forgiven. Take and drink, knowing that he died for you. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for the sacrament that you invite us to. As we come to the table, Lord, we meet you here, and we are so grateful and thankful for that. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your death and your resurrection. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, which you give to your people, Lord, to, to guide and encourage and strengthen. And so we ask that your Holy Spirit would fill us now, that we may go from this place and know you, love you, and serve you with all of our hearts, and mind, and strength. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Now just one more reminder and word of instruction before we close our service here this morning. We do have a brief congregational meeting that will take place here in a few moments. If you're a visitor or a guest with us today, we're so grateful that you joined us for worship, uh, but by no means do we expect you to stick around for a business meeting. <laughs> so we're so thankful for that you're here, but if you are a member of the church, we do invite you to stay and participate in this business meeting, which will get underway here in a few moments. Now... For the benediction, I just want to offer these words. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. You may go in peace.